What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 26 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Monday, March 1st. Um, cannot believe it is already March. Uh, 2021 is flying by. Um, uh, you know, midterms right around the corner. Um, me and my girlfriend celebrated our 10 months yesterday. Um, you know, spring break is in two weeks. I, I just feel like uh, you know, it's it's just one thing one thing after the other lately, um, for me personally. Um, but it's been nice. It's um, still, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't really know if I'll ever get used to um, school being online. Uh, school really like you know being the way it is at the moment. Um, you know, of course I have accepted it uh, for what it is. Um, but I don't know if I'll ever fully um, realize that uh, that's what we did we did for a year, you know, say in five years when we look back on it. Um, you know, I, I was actually signing up for some scholarships today uh, with my fraternity. And it was, uh, you know, asking the basic questions of, you know, what's your GPA and uh, what year are you? And the fact that I... Or what year will you be, you know, following fall 2021 and the fact that I put fourth year and it just seemed like such a, I don't even know, like it seemed like I, you know, was definitely lying when I put that and I messed up and it was only my third or, you know, and then I really thought about, um, you know, the person I was going into each of the years of college and, um, you know, when I um, came to school or, you know, started school my, the, in the fall, uh, that very first semester of each year and just the growth and, um, how I've just changed into, um, just somebody that, um, I know freshman year, uh, Gina would be proud of. So I think that's something that has allowed me to, uh, smile about the whole situation after, after it all today and kind of just, uh, continue moving forward because, um, you know, when you're able to kind of take a step back and see that growth, um, there's just nothing better than it, you know, and, and you can only just be proud of yourself at the end of the day. So I think that's uh, the best thing to to do in life and, you know, uh, to, to, you know, just do a better job at if uh, you aren't the best at uh, being nice to yourself or, you know, trying to be in your worst critic as um, I am from you know for plenty of plenty of times so um but without further ado let's get into it of course the nfl um was delivered some news with one of the biggest free agent names on the market as jj watt announced that he will be joining the arizona cardinals um on a two-year deal worth about 31 million dollars um 23 million of that is guaranteed um he will now be um, reuniting with DeAndre Hopkins as uh, DeAndre Hopkins was of course traded last year to the Tetsons for a second round pick um, and um, had a tremendous season in, in Arizona um, you know breaking all types of records for a receiver um, in his first year on a team along with Stephon Dids um, and he was one of the first people to publicly um, recruit J.J. Watt. Um, of course, there was plenty of teams. Um, you know, some of the some of the big name, um, of course, was the Browns, 
the Steelers to re you know reunite with his brothers. Um, but uh, out of nowhere comes Arizona. I feel like the Cardinals. Of course, you have the storyline of DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt. Um, you know, kind of uh, reuniting and um, you know how how much fun it'll be to uh, see them back together with. Um, you know, a, a quarterback um, of Kyler Murray's uh, potential. Um, so that's always fun. But you know, of course, how can you how can you count out uh, a reunitement with his brothers in Pittsburgh? All three of them playing. Uh, how can you count out um, the fact that he's from Wisconsin and and uh, maybe he you know stays on the East Coast Midwest uh, area because um, you know that's just where he's been born and raised. But so. For him to come to Arizona and kind of uh, completely come out of nowhere, it was um, it's pretty cool to see. Um, J.J. Watt definitely has earned his uh, money, um, you know, making about $15 million, uh, $15.5 million a year over the next two years. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be a great team to watch. Um, I think the Cardinals' defense is only getting better, and they're still super young. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a good good year for this NFC West and it'll it'll definitely be competitive as as it always is. Um going on to, into some music news. Uh truthfully, um I'm sure like others um I've been listening to Daft Punk more uh since their split. Um I feel as if uh I knew about Daft Punk. I I knew all of the uh, mainstream bid songs that they've had. Uh but I never really gave them that deep dive that you you give to artists and you really you don't just listen uh to you know like those those main songs like i said it's it's you really you really listen you really dive into their discography uh and you see what they have to offer and i feel as if um you know after they split and seeing so many people's uh reactions to it um i i feel as if uh there was kind of just a trigger in my brain it was it, you know if so many people are this broken up and this sad about um, this split, then obviously, you know, there, there's something else to this music that um, maybe I'm not seeing or maybe um, I still need to find because it's not that I didn't like their music necessarily. It was it was more so um, I needed to give it that uh, further chance, further, you know, further uh, just respect, really. So, um I've been listening to Daft Punk a lot more, and one of the songs that I feel is um, one of my favorites at the moment is from um, Random SS Memories. Of course, that's their 2013 album, um, and it's Giorgio by Mordere. Um, of course, uh, this song contains a monologue by the famous Italian musician Giorgio Mordere. Um, you know, he has some pretty awesome things to say about uh the industry and about his creative process as of course he was an innovator for uh dance music um you know and he was just talking about how he wanted to create this new sound and he wa it wanted he wanted to combine all the sounds of you know the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and then add something new to it to create something new but still be something that everybody knows and can still uh you know instantly recognize in a way but it's different than what they are recognizing um so throughout this song it, it, you know there's a monologue of him you know talking and 
then it, it goes into this beat and um you know the product the the rest of the song and then flows into more monologue and then it goes into more of the song so um i i'd say the reason why this this song is is one of my favorites right now is is because of the quote that's it's about halfway through um and then i really just appreciated the song that much more as um you know through in the middle of the song um he, he says once you free your mind about a concept of harmony and of music being correct you can do whatever you want and of course when he's talking he's applying this to music um and i mean once you hear the track uh, you can instantly tell as you can't really put a genre to um the music that he's making uh, you know you can't really just say this is a hip hop beat or this is this is some pop or this is some EDM or house it's it's something different it's something that just makes you feel something at the end of the day um you know regardless of if it's in a specific category or not um and i, I feel like that quote literally relates to um the entire song like he said it, it's like once you free your mind of that concept of music being correct you can do whatever you want and i feel like that's exactly what he did on that track and he literally did whatever he wanted and he created something pretty extraordinary um as i know anybody that's you know messed messed around with fl or um you know tried their hand in producing um, if you hear the production value and just what he created on that song you can tell it's something new it's something unique it's not you know a, a same sound that's kind of being reused in his own way it's it's a sound that he's creating and um i feel like i really liked it as what well. i really enjoyed that quote and it resonated with me uh because it goes beyond music too you know once you free your mind of something being uh the quote-unquote correct way or maybe the only way you can do something uh, you'll slowly slowly start to realize that there are thousands of other ways uh, to do these things that you have your mind on. And I feel as if that's when you truly um, allow your mind to evolve into whatever you really allow it to. And um, the creativity and the spaces that you can go if you do allow your mind to do that and you do kind of just take a step back sometimes and you know, not necessarily follow the guidelines and the norm, but instead, uh, you know, just do something different. You know, you'll you'll come to realize that uh, that's exactly how we expand our our knowledge. At the end of the day, that's exactly uh, what we should want um, in this life. You know, you should continue to, um, you know, put your guard down and allow your mind to explore and evolve and uh, push forward. Um, so I, I really um, feel as if the more I listen to Daft Punk, um, the more I'm just enjoying uh, putting my guard down and, um, you know, trying just trying something new, allowing uh, the artist to take me to places musically, sonically, um, that I've never really heard before, um, and it kind of just allow it to make me feel something, you know, because um, like I said, I knew, I knew all the well-known songs, I mean, how could you not, um, uh, but, I, you know, diving deeper into this discography has just really been a fresh, um, uh, 
just reset and uh, pretty relieving, honestly, for my music years as I, I think I just needed something new uh, to grasp on um, in terms of music and just something something new to to listen to. And I, I, I think that this was the perfect thing to stumble across. So if you ever, um, you know, want to not necessarily listen to music, um, to think, but more so just to feel, um, just, I feel like that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day. That's why people created music and sound in the first place is to feel something, you know, to hear it. And I, I feel like that's what Daft Punk truly did. And I feel like I'm finally understanding, uh, what they did on a deeper level. Um, so yeah, I, I've been really enjoying diving into their discography and I highly suggest um, everybody else does so as well. Um, into some other music news, um, Lil Baby's My Turn actually turned one year today. Um, of course, this album um, was probably the biggest album uh, hip-hop-wise in 2020. Um, as it it spent five weeks at number one, 40 uh, top 10 weeks, charted in 18 countries. Um, it went uh, gold in three weeks. It went two times platinum in six months. And then it recently uh, just went three times platinum on the day that it was its one year anniversary. Uh, so, you know, this, this album definitely doing big numbers. Um, you know, and much to much so of the, the the music, really, you know, I don't feel as if um, as if there's a reason why uh, Lil Baby didn't deserve the, you know, respect and the numbers that this album put up. Um, the fact that it wasn't nominated for much uh, or not anything um, is just another reason why it's fought the Grammys. Um, but yeah, congrats to Lil Baby on, you know, one year of probably his best album and, uh, biggest success, uh, yet. And I, I'm very excited to see what he does in the near future. Um, but speaking of, you know, platinum certifications, uh, since we are in March, of course, um, you know, we are, um, able to now look back, um, in February and, you know, see some of, the most notable platinum certifications that came about uh, in the month of February. Uh, of course, uh, Travis Scott's Juice Bumps um, officially went eight times platinum. Um, this was kind of as a result of um, his remits that he put out. Uh, with the I can't think of the name of the guy who he did the remits with, but um, kind of started some a little bit more buzz um, in the EDM community about this song and um, allowed the the numbers that kind of pick back up. So congrats to Travis on eight times. Uh, Calvin Harris's uh, slide with Frank Ocean and the Migos went four times platinum. Uh, just an instant classic, uh, instant high school vibes. Um, so many great memories. Um, uh, you know, playing this song in the whip, uh, you know, just... Um, you know, vibing with all the friends, all the homies. Um, this is just a perfect summertime song. Uh, the Migos and Frank really just did their thing on here. Um, so that's a, that's a great song to look back at. Um, pop star, uh, Drake's uh, DJ Khaled, Drake and DJ Khaled uh, collab. 
recently went two times platinum. Um, Matt Miller's uh, Swimming, of course, I, I went into detail on, on that. Matt's first album to go platinum. Um, and, of course, Self Care, the single off there, went double platinum. So, um, great month for Matt. Uh, R.I.P. Forever, as always. Um, Tyler, the creator's Yonkers, after 10 years, after its initial release, ended up doing platinum in February. Um, you know, it, it, Tyler has, um, you know, pulled back and kind of uh, not really addressed um, his former self and his former music and uh, kind of the way he came onto the scene in a way. But, um, you know, this is definitely the song that kind of kid started it all. I know uh, you, you have to you can't really not talk about Bastard and um kind of how he was able to gain a lot of fans from that but I feel like people really started listening outside of just that core fan group when Yonkers dropped um, and hearing about how it literally took him 15 minutes to make the beat and how he was really just doing it as a prank it's or not a prank just as you know just for shits and giggles um, you know it's remarkable uh, because I feel like that's just how music is sometimes you know you, you think you're just making something for fun you think you're just making something because you're kicking it with the boys in the studio, and then it ends up being one of your biggest songs of your career. You know, there's been so many cases of uh, hearing artists like that when it just comes naturally. It doesn't you know? You're not forcing anything. You're you're just kind of doing whatever, and uh, for it to resonate with the people speaks volumes. So you know, I know Tyler Creator doesn't really like talking about his Goblin era, his Wolf era, as much as you know Flower Boy and Edor, of course. But um, still notable. Still you know shows the impacts that he continues to have uh you know 10 years after um its release but um you know moving on uh drake recently uh surpassed 1 billion streams on spotify in 2021 um he is the first artist to do so um i feel like um, i don't know if this is just the drake effect of drake being drake and literally just having a discography that is goaded in so many ways or is this people uh, anticipating the new drop um a certified lover boy and really just bumping his streams up uh, in preparation for it or if it's trying to just a combination of both um but i mean at the end of the day drake is drake he's always going to put up those numbers um you know he's always going to be that first artist to do something um when it comes to like a new calendar year like this so uh you know it's still something to be grateful for tip your hat too i mean man's been in the the game for a decade and it, the game is still his in a way you know so you gotta you gotta salute and you gotta give respect to where it's due um but i mean in in terms of in 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 new in le recent news of um concerts and festivals however um the live nation ceo actually said that they could start up again by midsummer um as the governor's ball and um some other uh key festivals in the united states uh recently announced some new 2021 dates uh so this has gotten people uh you know antsy and uh you know waiting for you know when it'll happen uh as you know it, it's been a long time it's been a long time coming and um you know, this vaccine distribution rollout uh, is seeming to go hidden, you know, here. Some, some days good, some days bad. Um, but I mean, I think um, uh, 
I think at the end of the day, as as long as it continues the way, um, the progress, as long as the progression continues the way it has been over the past um, month or so, um, I I think that there's there's a lot more hope um, for me personally that this is a real possibility and um, not only for festivals and concerts to come back, but just for normal life to come back. For me to just literally go back to school, go back to a classroom, you know to go out to a restaurant and eat inside and not have to wear, you know, not wearing masks. It's, um, it's pretty crazy that, you know, it's, it's, it's March again. Um, you know, getting these memories from a year ago that happened in March, right before the quarantine, it it feels like a lifetime ago, you know, it feels like, um, you know, so much has changed, so much has happened in just a year span. And, I think at the end of the day, it kind of just puts everything into perspective. You know, you can get so worked up in your mind about how behind you are, how, um, you know, you might, you might not feel as if you're doing enough with your life. But um, sometimes you got to just take a step back and realize, uh, you know, it's all a process. You know, it's, it's just it's just it's just been a year. You know, there's been so much growth in so many other ways. Um, you know, I, I know that we can get, you know, hung up on some stuff um you know when it comes to certain things um on our mind and on our agenda but uh, when you really take a step back and look at all the other places and uh things that you've been able to uh you know accomplish along the way of trying to reach your ultimate goal um it's definitely rewarding it's definitely fulfilling so um that's that's just what i hope you you all continue to do um as we are Definitely looked like we're in the home stretch of this thing. So, so yeah. I mean, um, when of course when I think of you know some of these acts and artists that I want to see, um, you know when when these shows do come back, of course, Kid Cudi, Travis Scott instantly come up as you know. You're st- I'm I'm as as well as many others are still waiting on this Scott's collab tape. Um, and it really got me thinking of uh, some of my other some some of these other duos that I wish I was able to see uh, live. Um, I feel like I was blessed um, to see Drake and Future on the Summer Sixteen tour, following their "What a Time to Be Alive" tape, because uh, that was a great. I mean, you know, prob- arguably one of the biggest collaborative mid tapes uh, we've seen in our era. Um, of course, it was produced by Metro. Um, you know, Forty. Um, and you know, this was kind of where, uh, it, this is kind of where, um, Metro got his, you know, famous tag. If, if your Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. Um, you know, debuted at number one. Uh, I, I just felt like this, this, like, you know, what a time to be alive during, during this time of, you know, this just reminds me of basketball and grinding in high school with the boys and really just, uh, um, just enjoying life, really, not having too many things that I'm stressed out about, you know, and uh, just puts puts you back into that mindset of what it was like um, to be that age and not really have as much distractions and um, I don't want to say distractions, more so um, just not as many responsibilities and you're really able to live life a little bit more freely than you kind of you kind of can't, you know, you, the way you, that you kind of can't when you, you know do start getting responsibilities and you, you do kind of just grow up a little bit. So, um, that tape is one. And of course the, the, I think the most goaded tape is probably watch the throne, 
I think this, whenever people talk about collaborative albums, this is by far my favorite collaborative album. Um, of course, it's Jay-Z and Kanye West. Um, you know, and, and this, this, this tape actually... Uh, started as a as an idea for a five song EP, and then of course it eventually came uh, came to be a sixteen f uh, track full length album um, that ended up being um, you know the start of an you know just this a huge a huge uh, tour um, one of the most uh, lucrative hip hop tours in the history as you know Jay-Z and Johnny West arguably are one of the two biggest hip hop stars ever so some of those some of the you know videos and um just the, the energy that was at these concerts were ridiculous and I wish that some of these concerts I go to now can emulate that but um you know this was this was definitely just a great another great tape like I said um two goats collabing and I feel like that's why I'm so excited for Kid Cudi and Travis is they're both just two two goats in their own way um already and you can already tell the the love and just the connection that they have together um so I, I just have no doubt in my mind that how good this project is gonna be um so yeah i i really i'm looking forward to to it um just like i am for utopia but we'll see which one drops first um but yeah and to some nba news of course um you know, we had, we had plenty of weekend games to go over. Um, first and foremost, though, Luka Doncic and this Mavs team actually went into Brooklyn and stopped a red-hot Nets team as they got a W, 115-98. Um, of course, Luka finished with 27 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists. Um, Christoph Porzingis added 18. Um, you know, there was... Four other people that shortened double digits as it was a little too much for the Nets, of course. Uh, James Harden was the only one of the big three playing in this one as Kevin Durant continues to sit out um, through the All-Star break. Um, I didn't I didn't see that Kyrie Irving was sitting out of this one uh, until pretty late. But, you know, James Harden finished with 29, 7, and 6. Um, and nobody else had above 12 points, which was uh, Jeff Green. So, um, you know, just an off night for the Nets, I feel like. But, you know... You could, in, you know, the, I loved seeing the mutual respect between uh, James Harden and Luca after the game, as uh, James Harden said that it was uh, to be able to dictate the game and control the game the way he does. Um, we all know he has a very, very bright future. The Mavs got a special one, um, to which Luca said it's something you can't even describe if somebody like James Harden says something about you. It's just amazing. I really appreciate it. I watch him. He's an unbelievable player and just really special. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it's nice to see the, um, the love and admiration for, uh, these two, um, stars games. Um, I mean, Luca's just been on an absolute tear in February. Of course, the Mavs got off to a very rough start and they are still, uh, ninth in the West at the moment, but Luca's February was, was just phenomenal. I mean, single-handedly putting this team on his back, uh, averaging 30.5 points a game, shooting 48% from the field and 45% from three. Um, and he had three 40-point games um, as uh, this Sunday was actually only his 22nd birthday. You know, he's only this man's only 22. I feel like some people forget how young he is and how much more time he has left in the league. As um, before turning 22, though, uh, he did record um, a total of 32 triple-doubles, um, and that's actually more than twice as many as any other player 
um, in NBA history before 20, turning 22 as Magic Johnson um, had the second most with only 13. So um, pretty remarkable stuff. Um, and it, I, I mean, Luca already has a just a phenomenal resume um, before he turned 22 and, and moving into into this year of his life as he's already a two-time NBA All-Star. Um, he's an All-NBA first team. He was the Rookie of the Year. He was on the All-Rookie first team and uh, he's only he's one of two NBA players in the history to have 4,000 points and 1,000 assists before turning 22. So, um, Luca's definitely already accomplished so much, and uh, like James Harden said, he's he's only destined to accomplish so much more. So, um, this this Mavs team, um, you know, been playing with some vengeance lately, seven and one in the last eight, and um, just looking like a better version of themselves than they did at the beginning of the year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how the rest of the season plays out for them. And it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out for this red-hot Knits team as um, over the weekend they won both their games on Saturday and Sunday as they beat the Pacers on Saturday 110-107. And then they beat the uh, Pistons last night 109-90. to um, You know, Julius Randle continues to play at the all-star level that he um, – has been the entire year as this was his ninth game with uh, 25 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists. And that is already tied for second most in the season um, in its history. Um, you know, he had a uh, 28, 10 and sits in their win uh, last night. Um, you know, he, like I said, they're now 18 and 17 and fourth in the East. You know, who would have saw the Knits as fourth in the East, having their best start since 2012, 2013 when, you know, they had Carmelo, they had JR. That was probably one of their best teams in a while as well. So um, it's pretty pretty cr crazy to see what this Knits team and what uh, Tom Thibodeau's doing. Um, Derrick Rose has been a steal um, as well. Uh, it's been it's been great uh, to see this team play well and just play with a lot of cohesive play as cohesively as they have. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 I'm really excited to see. Um, how it all pans out for them and if they can keep this up uh, even after the All-Star break. Um, another team that had a uh, bat-to-bat uh, this Saturday and Sunday was the Wizards as they were able to get a win on Saturday night um, against the the uh, Timberwolves 128-112. to um, This is a game that saw, um, that saw Russell Westbrook have another triple-double. He has 19 points, 14 rebounds, 12 assists. Uh, Bradley Beal finished with 34 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists in this one. Um, and, of course, that was the 46th time that Russell Westbrook has had a triple-double through three quarters of a game. And over the last 25 seasons, there's only another player uh, that's in that that has that in his category, and it's James Harden um, with 13. So um, Russell Westbrook is still in a lead of his own. Uh, I mean, he's already broke the franchise record for the most triple-doubles uh, in Wizards history. Uh, while he's only played 24 games for them total. So, um, you know, Russell Westbrook, as much as people want to say he's possibly washed or he hasn't been playing as well this season, um, you know, numbers don't lie. Um, as the Wizards are, you know, they're, they're definitely playing better basketball um, than they did at the beginning of the season. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, as I said, they did have a bat-to-back, -bat and they, they ended up uh, losing a tough one to the Celtics, 111-110 in Boston. A game that really just slipped out of their hands. They were leading uh, throughout, and 
up until the end, and Jason Tatum just came up clutch and hit a really, really contested layup um, at the very end of the game. Um, but uh, I don't think that takes away from how good this Wizards team has been playing over the past few weeks. Um, of course, in this one, like I said, Jason Tatum was just too much. 31 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Kemba added 21. Um and just on the other side of the ball, um, you know, Russell Westbrook had 24 points, 11 rebounds, and only four assists. And Bradley Beal had 46.7 rebounds and two assists, as this is now the 11th straight game where he has scored 40 points, and the Wizards have ended up losing the game. Uh, it's the most in NBA history when uh, scoring 40 uh, points. Um, you know, Bradley Beal in, in February, though, uh, did have 474 points, which marks the most points scored by any player in February since Kobe had 569 points in 2003. So, like I said, still pretty remarkable company to be a part of um, if you're the Wizards, you know, with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal breaking these records. Um, and I, I feel like with this East being as depleted as it is, you know, it, you really have any you really just have so much room to work with, you know, if we're, if we're in the West, uh, kind of the way the Mavs are kind of having to grind these wins out and grind their way into a sit seven, eight seed. Um, it's just not going to be the, an issue for the wizards. If they really just start to, you know, run a few, like the way they have been, like get some, get like five straight four, four or five straight, you know, lose a couple, but like keep getting those little strings of games because, um, if that's the case, you'll definitely be able to make the playoffs in the East as it's just just not even comparable to the West at the moment. Um, but the number one seeded uh, 76ers on um, Saturday night actually ended up taking a L to the Cavaliers um, in a 112-109 overtime loss. This was a game uh, that saw, saw Colin Setston have 28, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. Um, you know, Joel Embiid had 42 points, 13 rebounds in the loss. Uh, ben Simmons added 24 points, eight assists and seven rebounds. Um, but you know, at halftime, Joel Embiid was 11 for 12 from the free throw line already, which was an NBA high, um, um, for a single half, uh, this season. And the Cavaliers team had only made 10 free throws total, um, in comparison to him at the half. So the fact that the Cavs were able to grind this victory out and uh, really just put it on to the 76ers team that really hasn't um, been challenged too much this season. Um, you know, it was a pretty good game by the Cavs and just, just well played, honestly. Um, so, you know, we'll see if uh, the 76ers are able to rebound. Of course, um, this wasn't really necessarily an off night for either of their stars, really. Ben Simmons almost, you know, had a triple-double. Uh, and Joel Embiid continues to be the front runner for MVP, so I'm sure they'll be able to bounce back easily. Sunday's action, though, um, saw this Suns team who continues to stay red hot, uh, basically just roll over the Timberwolves as they they were able to go into Minnesota and get a win, 118 to 99. Uh, Devin Booker had 43 points, five rebounds, and five assists in this one. Um, DeAndre Aiden added a double double at 22 and 10. Uh, Chris Ball had 11 points, 15 assists, and 6 rebounds. Uh, pretty remarkable stuff from this Suns team. As Devin Booker has now scored 40-plus points through three quarters uh, four times in his career. 
um, and all other Suns players have done this twice over the last 25 seasons. Um, you know, for everybody that continues to snub Devin Booker, continues to doubt, um, you know, the potential that this man still has and um, just where he is at in terms of, you know, all the other stars of the league. Um, like I said, numbers do not lie, and Devin Booker continues to prove himself um, as the Nets game is tomorrow night on ESPN as they face the Lakers team. Um, and I, I feel like that'll be a that'll be a good one battle of the uh, two and four seeds of the West. Um, but some other Sunday night action, uh, we saw the Hornets uh, able to squeeze by the Kings uh, in a one twenty seven to one twenty six win. Uh, PJ Washington uh, had forty two points in this one, nine rebounds, two assists. Uh, Lamella Ball added twenty four points, 12, 12 assists. Uh, as it was just too much for this uh, Kings team, who saw. Four players actually score in 20-plus, uh, and De'Aaron, De'Aaron Foss, Buddy Hield, Marvin Badgley, and uh, Harrison Barnes. Um, LaMelo Ball, like I said, continues to amaze since he's become a starter as he's averaging 20 points, 20.1 points per game, 6.7 assists, 6.2 2 rebounds, and two steals. Um, as this Wizards team, man, is continuing to play with just some some energy that, like I said, you do not often see in the NBA, the, and you can instantly see the camaraderie any anytime you turn this team on uh so it's it's good for them good for the league um but the most surprising stat that came from this game however was actually on the other side of the ball as buddy Heald became the fastest player in nba history to hit a thousand threes um as he did this in 350 games um i thought that was pretty uh crazy as um you know I'm not trying to hate on buddy Heald, but he's not staff he's not you know some of these big name players that we talk about um, you know, when we talk about shooting uh, at a at a high efficiency, uh, you know, Trey Young, um, you know, Luke, uh, just some of these other guys that we are seeing um, just really have an ultimate green light. Um, so for Buddy Hill to get this accomplishment, I thought, you know, especially in the way the league is uh, now and how the three-pointer has kind of just taken over the league in a way, uh, it's pretty cool to see. Um the Butts were able to squeeze past uh, the Clippers as well as they got a win 105-100. to 100. Uh, The Reed Freak um, was just all over the place in this one as he finished with 36 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, Chris Middleton added 19. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Kawhi had 25 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. Uh, Paul George only had 16. Serge Ibaka had 15 and 11. Uh, but, you know, like I said, the Reed Freak was simply just too much in this one uh, for this Clippers team as... Uh, Giannis actually now has the same number of career games with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists as Michael Jordan did in his career. So uh, he joined some pretty elite company. Um, but uh, the big, big matchup of Sunday was, of course, this Warriors and Lakers matchup. Uh, this matchup saw Kelly Obre um, actually start to find his own from the line as uh, he was shooting 23% from field uh, from three before february and in february he's been shooting 44 percent from three so you know some you know some of these warrior players are finally starting to find their groove with this uh with this team with this roster um but it was definitely just all lakers in this one as they cruised to a victory 117 to 91 um you know this this was a game that saw the lakers up uh 73 to 44 at half uh they had 41 in the first quarter um, 
you know, like I said, it was it was just all Lakers in this one. And the fact is nobody nobody had more than 20 points as this was an all around uh, collective effort. You know, sets people finished with double figures. Um, you know, LeBron was able to sit the fourth quarter, only played 24 minutes. So all around great win. Seth Curry in this one only finished with 16 points. Um, Kelly Obre had 14. Um, but after the game, Steph said that teams still want to beat us bad and beat us and beat us bad. They still have a lot of memories from the last five years. Um, and I, I just couldn't agree more. You know, I, I feel like the Warriors uh, struggling the way they have been. It's unfortunate, especially without Clay. It'd be a different story, I feel like. But um, this Warriors team definitely still has this target on those back. Uh, on their back um and i, I feel like uh, they their roster is just completely different um than when they were in those championship games so it's funny uh seeing um you know the result of winning championships year in and year out the way they had been um and kind of the effect on these new players uh, uh like wiseman you know for example uh being put into a role um that the Warriors really needed to fill, but uh, he wasn't a part of any of those teams. You know, he wasn't a part of this Warriors dynasty, but he instantly gets that from players they play and the teams that they're facing and how hard they're going at him. And uh, he instantly is kind of a victim of the Warriors' success. Um, but I, I have no doubt that they'll find their own. And I think they'll at least make the playoffs, to be honest. they they, I think Steph is just too good, and he, he continues to... Um, just elevate his game and his teammates around him. But, um, I, I mean, the biggest storyline of this game is just Dennis Schroeder's impact. Um, you know, second game back from COVID protocols. Um, and, I mean, the man was everywhere. I mean, and he, I think the biggest out of all is he, he finished with um, a plus 36 uh, PR. So, I mean, I mean, you know, it, Dennis Schroeder's impact, of course, continues to uh, be felt as the Lakers are now seven and one with um, him on the. They're seven and two with him on the court and AD sitting. Uh, so, um, like I said though, tomorrow night will be the Lakers and Suns on ESPN. So that'll be a, a great matchup uh, to watch. Um, but some other scores that happened over the weekend: the Spurs were able to beat the Pelicans one seventeen to one fourteen. Um, the Grizzlies were able to beat the Rockets one thirty three to eighty four in a complete domination. The Heat were able to beat the Hawks one hundred nine to ninety nine. And the Nuggets were able to dominate the Thunder 126 to 96. Um, you know, going into uh, March, uh, we see uh, the Jazz sitting at the top three and a half games ahead of the Lakers, who are at, in second at 24 and 11. Jazz are, of course, at 27 and 7. Um, and then, you know, the three and four seeds are right behind the Lakers at uh, 24 and 12 in the Clippers and 22 and 11 uh, for the Suns. Um, and then it kind of drops off from there with a, a three-game difference between the fourth and fifth seed as the Spurs are 17-12. and 12, And then you go to the Blazers at 18-14, and 14, uh, the Nuggets at 18-15, and 15, and the Warriors in that last eight spot at 19-16. and 16. Um, And then, you know, the Mavericks looking in um, at 16-16. and 16. Uh, And then, of course, this East is a little bit more open, like I mentioned before, as the Sixers are – I mean, the 76ers are still – at the top of uh, this conference at 22 and 12, but the Nets are only a half game back at 22 and 13. Uh, the Butts are right there as well at 21 and 13. Uh, and then there's a little drop off to the four seed, uh, three and a half game difference um, between three and four as the Nets are at 18 and 17. And then you have three teams, the five through seven uh, seeds in the Heat, Celtics, and Raptors, all at 17 and 17. Um, and then you have the eight seed, who is the Hornets, at 16 and 17. 
and then the nine and ten seeds are right behind as they are at 15 and 17 so um in that four to ten uh seed um in the it, the four to ten spots uh, for the East, there is literally only a one and a half game separation between all six of those teams. So, like I said, um, if the Wizards who are at thirteen and nineteen, uh, literally eight games back from first, um, literally three and a half games from a four seed, um, you know they're they're gonna be fine. They're literally gonna be fine if they continue to play the the way they have been. You know, go on little stretches of wins, um, not continue to lose close games like they did against Boston and kind of blow it at the end like they have been all year um I could easily see them getting you know like a five through seven seed um in this Eastern Conference that is uh just depleted really compared to the Western Conference uh, the Western Conference not the Western Conference Finals but um that'll be all for today I hope you all had uh fun listening as always um Um, But yeah, I will catch you all on Wednesday. I hope you all have a great rest of your day and I will see you then. Thank you so much.